Hey guys, just wanted to say real quick, we will get to the podcast in about five minutes. It's got uh, much better audio than uh, this little bit right here. But real quick, just want to say thank you so much to CrossFit Suespante for hosting Row 24, to Z3 Sciences and Jacob Tupper uh, for their generous donations to the event, uh, to everybody who donated or participated at all. We had a great time this weekend. Oh, and there's little Walter. <laughs> anyway, I hope uh, just wanted to share a quick intro about why we do Road 24, and then I hope you all enjoy the podcast. Bye. So I wanted to share with you all a story that I think encapsulates the reason that I wanted to do this fundraiser in the first place. And hopefully it inspires you to give what you can. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, if uh, you just want to help fight cancer, I hope that this inspires you a little bit and really do appreciate anything that you can do, whether it's participating or donating. So here's the story. Leukemia is a fierce disease. How it chooses its victims is mostly unknown. It's a genetic injustice, really. It's random and it's wrong. However, it is not beyond our control. I was diagnosed with acute promyelocytic leukemia, APL, in 2016. The chemotherapy to treat it involves arsenic, an element commonly found in insecticides and poisons. Now, how scientists discovered this was not simple. While I was in chemo, I received an email from an APL survivor named Amy, who had been in the 2004 drug trials for arsenic as a treatment. She had been given three days to live, so why not try the poison? Hundreds of infusions and three heart attacks later, Amy won her battle while also helping to develop the treatment that eventually saved my life. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. But with cancer, toughness is only part of the battle. The other parts are kindness and faith. Amy's drug trials were made possible long before 2004 by the effort and generosity of strangers. They chose to give their time and money because they believed it would matter. And they were right. I designed Row 24 to be a tough event for tough people. On June 22, 2019, teams of athletes will keep the rowing machines at CrossFit Suespante running for 24 hours to raise money for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It is an act of toughness by everyone who rows, gives, and spreads the word about Row 24, but it is also an act of faith, a belief that your effort and generosity will matter, that our time and money does save lives. Be tough, be kind, have a little faith. I promise you that it matters. Amy's life is proof. My life is proof. I had a son born this past February. His life is proof. The proof is everywhere. I hope to see you on 622. I hope that you'll consider donating to Row 24. The website is crowdrise.com slash row 24. And you can find the links in my Instagram at Dustin Redazel, on Twitter at Dustin Redazel, at Facebook at Dustin Redazel, and of course at DustinRedazel.com. So uh, lots of ways to help, guys. It really, really 
does make a difference. I wouldn't be alive without people like you from 25 years ago who decided to give money to the people who uh, design and run these drug trials that become the treatments, uh, that become the lives of the children of survivors. So thank you so much for your efforts, your generosity. Love y'all. Hope you enjoy this episode. Bye. Guys, I don't want to alarm you, but we are already live. Oh, yeah. No yeah. smokes. You like the way I just like kicked it off right away? Well, I wish like this was a for testicular cancer, because that would have been a much better, Kicking much more well-timed off? joke. Explain it to me. I'm yeah, lost. Yeah, we're not getting it. I didn't say testing. Uh. <laughs> it rhymes. Sort of. To hash mark. audience. <laughs> hash mark dad joke. Hash mark dad joke. Sorry. To Asia Pack for that joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, to our audience, we have been at this point rowing for about nine hours. Nine hours? Nine hours. Wow. So, coming to you live from row 24, the Cheeto Dust podcast rides again. This is CDP. Mm, you know what? It's been a while. 27? 27. I think it's 27. As a friend of the pod, I feel like I should know. Yeah, we should probably introduce the third voice. <laughs> you want to do it? The, the actual guest of honor. Yes, I'm no longer a guest now that we have a third person. No, you are a co-host of the Cheeto Dust podcast. I've arrived. <laughs> we have my uh, probably my oldest, not age-wise, but just length of friendship time in uh, in Raleigh. Quint Coward Stewart. How's Quint. it going, guys? Quint. Happy first question: Are you a Democrat or a Republican? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm proud. I'm a Democrat. <laughs> Why hide it, right? We're not going to talk about politics, I thought. You're here now. <laughs> this is what you call a bait and switch. Well, let's dive in. Let's go. I'm ready. I always He's have my also, opinions. much like uh, Jeremy, he has improved the quality of hair by about a thousand percent. That's a fact. Yeah. Happy to help. He, he told me that his hairstylist is convinced him to go with this style... <laughs> And I'm like, I have one style. <laughs> yeah, she's good. She shout out Jasmine, Salon Jasmine. She uh, she keeps me looking good all year round. That's how you know a guy has great hair. He goes to a salon. No, I go to a salon. Well, because well, my just wife because, works there. Yeah, you you are exempt from this. Me and Matt Pittman, we're going to supercuts. That's that is a shame. I was a sport clips guy for a while. Not bad. I like the hot towel. Well. Until I was like 20, goodness, 26 or 7, I went to the same barber in Zebulon, North Carolina. Shout out Tony. Um, he may or may not still be alive because he was kind of old last time I saw him. But uh, <laughs> No, man, Tony's a usual listener to this. He, uh, he comments on YouTube all the time. He does, yeah. Oh, uh, hey, Tony. Uh, <laughs> sorry I haven't come back. Here's a question, guys. Let's do it. As my hair thins... Yeah, I'm still going to talk about hair. I know, I know you thought I was like shifting gears into something <laughs> real, but no, I'm not. Hair is real. As my hair thins, and without naming names, I'm looking at Instagram the other day, and I see a guy, and it's like he's got nobody in his life telling him it's time to shave the head. 
Like it's way mm, too to see thin that. on top. I'm and just sitting here hoping that you're not talking about <laughs> looking at my Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and this guy's name is Ronnie Booksy. <laughs> what a terrible I name. I think I saw that account. <laughs> but no, when when does somebody tell you or when do you know? When do you know it's time to go? Because I can kind of see some scalp. I catch angles and pictures, and, like, it's starting to gnaw at me. I mean, from personal perspective, um, Annie has just told me, point blank, when it's time to go, I'll tell you. So I would say marry someone who's not afraid to tell you the truth. Yeah, or have a good buddy, too, that will let you know if you're unmarried. I don't know if it was up to you, assholes. I would have shaved my head like six years ago. That's true. (laughs) Uh, You're looking pretty thin. I I tell people all the time, uh, friends of our age, you know, 30 and above, if you still got hair, grow it now. Enjoy it because you don't know how much longer you're going to have it. That's a good point. I should luxuriate in this hair. I don't know. Do you know uh, our friend Dan Panette? Yes. Have you seen his hair lately? No. So for the first 36 years of his life, he was basically a fade, really tight fade or completely buzzed. That's well, he the hasn't, day I know. He hasn't had a haircut since 12, 31, 18. Oh, wow. And he credits the, w- me saying, hey, when you're in your 30s and you still have hair. How about that, Dan? Tommy pulled wow. up a picture here. <laughs> that is a full head of hair. Yeah. No, that is not the day and I know. When you're in your 30s and you have hair, that grow it and enjoy it. bald. That guy... That is a rich society of hair. Oh, no, that's he's like not. Rome before the fall. Yeah, that's good. But it's like a peacock. If you've got it in your 30s, you show it off. That's true. Dang it. Well, you know, I did have long hair, like, down to my shoulders, early college. I got my time in. Yeah, man, I mean, you so, know. So when I you got a mullet. Did when you really? Play, oh, when yeah. you were playing basketball, did you put it up in a ponytail? No, or, I did the, the thing with the headband where you kind of oh, push yeah, yeah. it back yes. so it stays out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Euro soccer look. It was the Euro soccer look. And let me tell you, it starts off with a little bit of mystique. You show up your freshman year, you got hair like that, and you start wetting threes from the corner. People think you're a somebody. Yep. Because that little extra flare of panache in your hair, it elevates you from being this guy's a pretty good shooter to this guy might be special. Yep. Right, the Manu Ginobili. And then uh, I come in my first game, my freshman year, come off the bench. 13 points in 10 minutes, and now people are talking. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I, I get so much leash in my second game. I go 0 for 5 from 3. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> and I mean, this is before the Steph Curry revolution. You yeah. did not just launch five three balls. <laughs> Make <No>. it rain. <laughs> rain, man. <laughs> right back to the pine. Yep. 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 Ah, the power of hair. How do you think the, uh, the row's going so far, man? I mean, I... I think it's been great, personally. Well, thanks. Exhausting. Yes, exhausting. Oh, but our team's had a steady flow of celebrity rowers, which has been nice. You know, like throwing it back to like beer pong when somebody'd be like, "Oh, celebrity shot." That's what I feel like. We've somebody's walked in like, "I'll, I'll give you thirty minutes," and we're like, yeah, "Yeah, have at it." You guys have done a great job at fostering intermittent help. Yes, we have. <laughs> yeah, uh, we have taken a much more one team, one fight approach yeah there's something noble about that <laughs> it is just a noble death yeah yeah we'll see how that plays out in the midnight hours i've sort i was watching uh our our good friend and maybe the most athletic person i know charles ball it's very athletic. i was watching him row a little bit ago and i he's hurting your ace is hurting he is hurting 
There's a grunt every pull. <laughs> Could he have started a little too hard? Listen. Listen, I don't want to I don't want to start counting out a great athlete. You know? When you have a Clydesdale, you load him up. I think he's going to be fine. Even at his worst, he's better than our best. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> is, is this going to be Charles' flu game? It could be. All I know is I like, I like the way he's approached it. Last I saw him, he put the Beats headphones on. He's taken some phone time. He's chosen not to interact with us for a little bit, recharge the batteries. Yep. He's, like, he's like Vince Vaughn at the turning point in Wedding Crashers where he's realized I'm not a hostage. I'm actually about to start a life with the woman of my dreams. Yeah. He's Indeed. down. He's making the turn. And he's going to come in strong in those late hours. I sort of feel that, too. Um, I also am so tired right now that when you said Vince Vaughn, it took me a solid 15 seconds to not think you were talking about Vince Carter. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're in opposite directions. I'm overcompensating for my fatigue <laughs> by just trying to jam in more words. Hmm. But you, I think it's been good. How much money uh, have we raised so far? So I have not checked the tallies since we started, but I have seen uh, I've had several email updates with uh, more donations since the event started, which That's is awesome. awesome. But we were a little over $11,000 this morning before we kicked off, which is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, That's awesome. Yeah. the I don't know what I expected when we started, but certainly you hit five figures and you have to be thrilled with the first time you've ever attempted anything. Oh, dude. Of course. So, yeah, we're, we're pumped about that. And mostly I'm just pleased with the attitudes of everybody who showed up to the event because that's the real key uh-huh. is coming out here. Did you come with the right attitude? Did you make it fun? And I think everybody has, and it's been mostly a super positive experience. I've, I feel terrible because in my opening speech, I forgot to thank CrossFit Suisponte, who has been incredible <laughs> about everything. And then I just started talking and forgot to, oh, yeah, and thank you to the people who allowed this to happen. Right. So We'll give them a shout-out in, the, uh, in, the, in the next, when we post the, uh, yeah. the stream of this. We're definitely going to give them a yeah, shout-out. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of shout-outs, no one deserves a bigger shout-out today <laughs> than Greg Cooksey's HVAC. Our first, our first and still the best sponsor of the podcast came in today. Let's rewind. Let's rewind a Memorial Day weekend. I'm in here for a Murph Wad uh, benefiting a charity to the lost. Mm-hmm. And it is an oven. It's steamy. It that was, was a hot day, too. It was there, hot. Yeah. Yeah, let's, let's just say, so... People can't see what we're what we're looking at, but there's no cross breeze. None. There are small ceiling fans, and there are industrial fans in the corners. Yeah, no one poked holes in this CrossFit box. That is correct. So, I, I looked at the thermostat at one point when we were doing it, and I believe it was like 87 or 88 in here, which doesn't seem bad, but that's not bad on a beach day when there's a nice ocean breeze. Yeah, that's stagnant air. When you have a bunch of dudes and dudettes doing a bunch of air squats and pull-ups it's it's steamy it's a lot of hot breath a lot of hot breath Uh, yeah yeah 
So uh, yeah, so fast. So and then I, I came in here this week and did a workout on Wednesday. It's about 95 outside. We've been actually pretty blessed with the weather today. It hasn't been too hot. Oh yeah, indeed. But I thought I, I thought I was gonna die. It was so it was so hot. Come in today. It's a little warm. A little warm. Everyone was pink in the face, and we hadn't started rowing yet. But, but. Greg Cooksey HVAC said, "Screw it. I'm gonna forgo my first my first row." And I'm getting on the roof, and he fixed at least two of the three air conditioners. Which on the is top. incredible, right? Did like, he just do it? This gym had just like resigned itself to being super hot and uncomfortable. Yeah, and he just walked up there and made it not that way. Grasping the spirit of charity and goodwill, he took his special artistic talents. I'm ready to say they're artistic yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah. Oh yeah, and he went pro bono. Yep. Just made it happen. And it's, now, now it's like a nice seventy something. Yeah, in here we just checked. It's seventy five if you're all the way over on the south side of the building. Mm. Yep. All the way over on the north side, it's closer to eighty. Yeah, there's that that vent's not working. Yeah, but still a pretty nice continuum compared to what was in store for us. I'm gonna oh, sleep yeah. comfortably. Yeah, yep. Absolutely. I agree. <sighs> that short amount of sleep we're all gonna get. Yeah, feels great. A couple hours. Would uh, I was thinking about this the other day. You know how weather used to be like a staple of the news? And like being a weatherman is easily one of the jobs that just got completely rolled by technology. Yeah, <laughs> right. I, I met a, a buddy. We were in uh, film production classes in college together. And uh, his wife is a meteorologist and she's at lunch with us. And this is like maybe five or six years ago. Mm-hmm. And so she, uh, she did it for just a. I won't name the city, but... A city. But a city in America, a local weather girl. And I was like, so what's your morning like? You just get up and check weather.com, and, <laughs> yeah. and then you go tell the rest of the people? And, like, she was getting ready to field that question seriously. Her husband cracks up, and he's like, that's exactly what it is. Oh <laughs> They're basically just telling all the... Uh, Elderly people who don't have internet, what yeah. to expect. The rest of us are checking our phone as soon as we wake up to see yeah. what we need to wear. Actually, what I do is I say, hey, Siri, what's the weather? And then she tells me, and then I get dressed accordingly. <sighs> That's fantastic. Yeah, I just I hit the weather app. Okay, this is what I'm going to wear. Think about the entire premise of the movie. One of my favorite movies, Groundhog Day. It's based around a weatherman. <laughs> that wouldn't. <laughs> that wouldn't make it. What, That's no. not going to make the cut anymore. What job does Bill Murray's character do if you update that movie today? I think he's Ned Royerson. Ned you, don't, Royerson. you don't know Ned? Ned the head? Do the insurance agent? <laughs> I, it was coming to me slowly. <laughs> he was the insurance agent who always, like, every single day you'd see him on the corner. You don't know Ned? Ned the head? Yeah, they, I know who he's talking Bing. about. Bing again? You gotta rewatch. <laughs> you gotta. He's, he's the guy that runs up to him on the sidewalk like the first morning. And then well, he, the, and, the morning. And but, then Bill Murray steps into the puddle and he says, "Whoa, watch that first step." Did it's they only show that scene one time? No, no like it happens six. literally every day. <laughs> so, so if I've seen the movie ten times, I've probably seen that scene sixty, 60 times easily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nope, got nothing. No recall. Uh, well, anyway, I think he'd be like an insurance. Have I talked to you guys recently about cognitive load? I've been letting go of a lot of things. Nope. I think I've been making space. That's out. You're clearing that one out? Ned the Head didn't make it. <laughs> what a shame. He's a really a turning point character in the world of, of cinema. Well, what I was thinking, the reason I brought this up, with our talk about what the temperature is, which is a completely like tactile experience, 
in a place that nobody listening to this can see, let alone feel, is can you think of a worse podcast than a weather podcast that happens like three <laughs> days after the day where you talk about the weather? I know. Oh, you guys didn't have to stop talking for that. Well, we were waiting for the... Uh You've been, are you being summoned? Uh, he's going to take my shift. Perfect. Wow. Yeah. People picking up yeah. slack. I've been hey, doing uh, that all day. Dear listeners of the Cheeto Dust podcast, I am delaying 20 minutes of vigorous physical exercise so I could just talk more. You're welcome. While, yeah. while sitting down. <laughs> while sitting down. It feels great. Although <laughs> I, am, I am hunched a little bit. It's all right. Which is unfortunate. It's all right. You're a little too tall for this table. Well, let me tell you, when, when CDP gets an official studio... We're going to have a tall table and high back chairs with a lean and maybe one of those arms instead of these stands so I can pull the mic yeah. right back instead to Instead of us mouth. leaning in. Yeah, 100%. Although I do like the Count intention in. with which I have to like really lean into conversation oh, yeah. with you guys. Oh, yeah. And it makes it impossible to zone out. <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> I, when we do this at the office, we do, we'll do it at lunch. And then right afterwards, I'm like, I'm wiped. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is this is uh, intense. Like it's it's gonna be a relief. Even though I'm enjoying this, it'll be a relief when it's over. Well, it's hard. And I and I heard uh, Joe Rogan talk about this. Like it's hard to. You're, we're having an intentional com. Even though we're mostly just shooting it right now, but an intentional conversation. Listen to what someone else is saying. Process it. Ask questions about it, but also not forget the thing that you want to say about that thing that they're saying. Yeah. So and like, doing it with a lot of without much dead air of. All that happening. Yeah. I'm doing it quickly. Yeah. The thing I compare it to when people who have no experience with it ask about is like, have you ever been in like a rigorous interview process where you have like three interviews mm -hmm. right in a row and you walk out of that thing and it's like two hours of just conversation where you had to really pay attention and then think and respond quickly with the answers that you feel represented you the best. That's essentially what a podcast conversation is, because you know somebody else is going to hear it. So, what are you doing? You're a star is, athlete. Oh, amazing. Oh. Star, well, that's what a star athlete does, man. Yeah. You know Barry Sanders would take naps on the sideline. Charles Ball is napping as we speak. Yeah. Tom Cooksey just captured it for Instagram. I don't know if you ever listened to J.J. Reddick's podcast. Uh, I have mostly just to hear his ridiculous obsession with wristwatches. Yeah, so I, he doesn't talk about them as much l lately, but uh, I enjoy his podcast, but what I enjoy is him talking about his routine and how like he has to, he goes on the court, sets the clock, shoots for an amount of time, goes back in, eats the same meal, then he takes a nap, mm -hmm. which is what Charles Ball doing brought me to J.J. Reddit taking a nap before a game, but like he's so, like he has to eat the same thing, he has to take a nap for the same amount of time, get dressed the same order, get taped, whatever, and then he's ready. Well, I made a joke about cognitive load earlier, but it is actually something I've been thinking about pretty seriously. It's uh, My sister recommended a book to me that I'm reading currently, Atomic Habits. And he talks about in that book how every time you have to think thoroughly through something that you do, it takes a lot of focus and energy. Which is kind of what we're talking about, why a conversation exhausts you, is because it's dynamic. It's new. So you have to adapt to everything that's said. And so, similar to the Steve Jobs wearing the same thing every day, the more you can structure your life around habit, 
the more you free up your mind to focus on other things, which is why like a lot of people can like have great ideas while they're doing something they don't have to think about, like showering. Yep. Like that's when you free up all this cognitive uh, muscle to just do work. So I do think the routine, like athletes know that that's one of those things that gets passed down. The more we could build that into like our everyday person lives, like, yeah, I, I say something to Siri and then I, I get dressed for the day. Like you got that down. You don't have to like watch the news about the weather, yeah. think about it heavily. Like it doesn't affect our lives that way. It's like I want to clear the slates for a lot of stuff. Do you do you think you could do that, Steve Jobs? Like wear the same thing every single day? Well, no. I mean, I have people who expect me to look good. So <laughs> there was a Dustin Merdazel who was a black shirt, light jeans, black shoes guy for a long time. I the truth is, I could do that. I okay. actually, I was so thrilled with my navy blue bonobo suit. I thought, if I just buy five of these suits and I just wear a suit to work every day with one of these button-ups, I, I, would, I would look fantastic every yep. day. I would never have to think about it. And, you know, what's the concern? I'm at my A plus no matter what conversation arises. But would you wear the same button-up every day? Like, say, like, or would you want a variety of that? I'd go ahead and let it rotate. But the key would be making sure that each one worked with the suit you had. Yeah. There could never be mismatch because then you're thinking about it. If you can grab any, it's like, this shirt goes with this suit. I yep. don't have to worry about it. You could probably get away with, like, what? Three Navy suits, maybe seven or eight shirts. They yeah, all go with the yeah. Navy suit. The dry cleaner. As, as someone, kind of uh, as someone who suffers from the... It's hard to talk about. As someone who suffers from colorblindness, ah. <laughs> well, color, you, all color, you ever do is wear denim buttons. Color ups. deficiency, I know. I almost wore <laughs> and one <white> today. Shoes. <laughs> and white shoes. I've actually whittled my closet to blue, white, and like gray. And that's it. And that's and I know that they work and I know that they're comfortable and I know like what they're gonna look like with jeans. I want Annie to throw in another color without telling you. That'd be amazing. And she, but she tell did, you it's blue. She did but you know, if it's a nice soft purple, I might be convinced. <laughs> <laughs> Could you do it, Quint? No, yeah. I I enjoy, I enjoy the variety. Peacocking, I, I like it. Yeah, I want peacocking. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't wear the same thing every day. I've, I've, but I've done like, and also like to follow up on your your multiple button ups. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, everybody, I know I have favorite button ups. I yep. think you develop a favorite, and that would not free up the cognitive load. Like you would. You gravitate towards that one more, and I think I think you'd ha- if the, to avoid that, you'd have to have the exact same shirt, which I probably would get to. I think I would have to take the step to convince myself to okay, we're monochromatic, we're white button, we're white shirt, navy suit. Yep. So we're, we'll, will you do like generic brown socks? Let, let the socks mm. fly. Let the freak flag fra- fly, baby. But that that takes away the the cognitive. Yeah, freedom. I know. Yeah. The more. The more time we spend in conversation like this, the more I talk myself Here, into here's a, nah, here's let's a question. Just, <laughs> right. Let's lock it down. Variety is the spice of life. So I've had a lot of, you know, at what point does JJ Reddick go from being like a fine tuned athlete who's got, who's freed up all his cognitive load to just being like a robot who's like painfully OCD and can't function outside of like. I would argue he is that now from right. listening to him. Yeah. So at what point. Because I do things like in the morning, I 
make my breakfast generally in the same order. Put the coffee on, make the bacon, make the eggs. When I shower myself... Oh, yeah, same order. Because I'm a grown man, I go in the same order. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Do you ever accidentally forget one thing? or Like, like behind my ears. Or no, no, like, let's say like you get in, you wet your hair. Like if you shampoo first, I do. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. I'll wet my hair for, and then absentmindedly thinking about something having my next great idea... I'll yeah. wash my face and my body, and then I'll reach up and be like, did I wash my hair? Yeah. That and I'll feel it, and I'm like, I definitely didn't. Does yeah. that throw you off? Uh, no, it won't make me feel, like, queasy. I'll, but usually I'll turn the shower. Like, tur- at that point, I've turned the shower off, dried off, and I think, damn it, I didn't wash my hair. <laughs> so i got to get back in. Well, I guess really what the question comes down to, because when we talk about cognitive load, essentially we're talking about applying knowledge. Like, the whole knowledge is power is, like, one of those very misunderstood quotes. Like it comes from a time when the meaning of the quote was the, what the knowledge is worth is how much power it gives you. So like just knowing stuff is like, who cares? Right. Knowledge is only valuable as, as much as it has power. And the same is true of cognitive load. Like if I free up like whatever this attention I pay t- to my clothes, so that I can think about other things. Like, what are those other things? If you're just, like, like for, freeloading on Netflix, is it Yeah, for your average nitwit, like, that doesn't, like, do you any good. Does, but if you've got a purpose, you got a focus, you got a mission, now you're trying to clear some brain space you're to do some You're trying to develop good. the iPhone. Yeah. Right. But, you know, for me, where I get caught up in it is, like, I spend an inordinate amount of time, like, I'm trying to move... I'm trying to take some significant steps in a couple areas. One, like this novel takes up an incredible amount of of my thought time. Yeah. But two, like I am trying my damnedest to think through every single detail of the things I care about so that I can improve them just a little bit. So this... Uh, you know, like I've, I've got this new management position and there's so much involved in it. Like the metrics we use to like assess our, our employees, right? Like I was recently told to make a business case for headcount. And so I've never had to do that before. Yeah. Like it is taking a crazy amount of like cognitive effort to think about like, okay, what do I need headcount for? Do I need it for like bringing in revenue? Well, we're a renewals team. Our you know, our what's available to renew is basically whatever has been done by sales before. Am I, do I need headcount just to cover like a volume of accounts? Well, almost certainly, right? Like mm-hmm. just the actual work of the job. But more than anything, like I, I cover across several technologies. I need my headcount to cover the technologies that are least likely to renew, right? It's like a boat springing a leak. You send all of your manpower to the leak, even as you're trying to send your customers to the part of the boat that floats. Mm -hmm. And this is the first time I've ever had to think about things like this. So like if I'm talking about my work, yeah, I I wanna put on a suit and a white shirt so I can think about what I am walking into that day. If I'm thinking about the novel, I need to express myself, I need to like, feel who I am, like dig down into little crevices of my personality. And like the clothes I pick help me do that. Like, how am I feeling today? Yeah. Like, am I feeling like a a tank top or am I feeling buttoned up? Do I need a blazer? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do I want to wear a white or do I want to wear something that pops? (laughs) Yeah. Do do I want to wear a denim button up? 
Yes. Or the answer is yes. Like if you ever ask yourself I'm, that question, I'm, I'm still under 35. I'm gonna put my hat around backwards. That's yeah. true. I'm, of, I'm currently not. Wow. Under 35, and this I will say this podcast is gonna end real quick if this is the direction we're going. This up. No. I'm, <laughs> for those not knowing, I just turn my hat backwards. <laughs> um, I will say Looks great, because of this podcast, I have severely diminished the amount of time I spend with my hat on backwards. Since I turned 35, which yeah. was in February of this year. I'm glad Social we could media do some is a good powerful the, drug. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we could do some good in the world. Well, I'm still under 34, so I'm good. I look tight. Serious <laughs> question. <laughs> if, if I may, because I think... I get what you're saying. It's like, and it's, and it's a hard, it, that's a hard line to walk, because it's like... It's, it's, I mean, if you're thinking left brain, right brain, like part of you has to be very left brain very or maybe what, what's left brain i don't know part of you has to be one side of the brain that's very rational and that's analytical left. right brain is more artistic the other side has to be right artistic willing to explore the depths of your emotions and things and you have to be able to get yourself into those mind spaces which is why maybe meditation you still meditating mm. jeremy's gonna be really mad at you i've i've stopped slept. listening jeremy i've slipped well dude so i've been trying okay and I can only do about five minutes. And I, and I was texting with Jeremy the other day, friend of the pod, also has a great podcast. I've listened to his podcast. It's really good. I have as well. Uh, meditation for the uh, 99%. Yep. But I was like, dude, sometimes I feel like, I, like I'm dozing off. And he's like, well, what's happening? And I'm like, well, I, you know, the other day I was doing, I was, you know, I was on the couch meditating. Or I, th- I thought I was. And a, like a fly flew past my face. And it like startled me, like I was coming out of sleep. And he was like, "Yeah, you're, you're probably falling asleep." Is that bad? He's like, "You shouldn't be falling asleep because you can't access that like." Their child just walked outside. <laughs> Let me. I'll, you guys keep talking. I'll go. Yeah. Around. All right. Um, now that he's gone, let's talk about whatever we want to talk about. Yeah. Let's talk about wearing caps backwards. How fly it looks. It looks so good. <laughs> I know. I sorry. I had my uh, my dad my dad hat on, and I saw a friend of ours kid just walk outside by himself, yeah. and no one noticed. Him. Maybe, <laughs> and he maybe outside. like a maybe like a five year old. No yeah. way. No. Yeah. No, he's the yeah. old. He's that's the oldest, right? He's like yeah. He's probably five, six or seven. And I was I like, know. I don't think he, they want him out there by himself. Unlikely. We're in Raleigh. As, as a dad of a five year old, yeah, you don't. No, nah, we're in, we're, we're in we're North Raleigh. About? What were we talking about? Um, meditation. And you falling asleep. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, I'm pretty sure that because you can't – meditation is such a weird thing. He was like, yeah, you know, you want to be free mind like, – your mind to be free, but you also want to be in a place of like almost like such deep free – your mind being so free that you're almost like critically thinking. Like, it's a weird dynamic and I, I – he's like, you maybe should try it in the morning. Well, I think uh, sorry, probably should just try. <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry for uh, jumping. Like, I no, I didn't know out, that they saw him go outside. The kid I was is like, safe, yeah, but good. they did not see him. That was a great spot, man. Good, dad life, good dumbbells, I, deadlifts, and dad life. Good thing I have my hat on backwards. <laughs> What's great is the the door was shut, so this kid. He's extremely strong. He, man. He's he went not out a light on his door. own, and he he's had got his, that Pittman he's aggression. A Pittman, yeah. And he had his uh, radio flyer tricycle out there too. Like he was yeah. going, he was having a great time. I caught the end of that. They're like so free that you're focused. Yes. I think what that is is like the the mental side of like financial freedom. Like 
If you've reached a certain point to where you don't have to be concerned about all the nitty-gritty details anymore, right? Money is not really this, this box for you anymore. Right. Then you start having to think about, well, what do I really want to do with my life and my time? Right. Like, what is my life about? It's not about, like, paying my bills. I've surpassed that. Like, my bills are no longer a thing. Yeah. It needs to be about something else. It's kind of like, like the, the daydream of, what are, what are you going to do if you win the lottery? Yeah. Besides, like, spend the money. Like, what would you do with your time? Did you have a classic answer? I, uh, well, I mean, it kind of goes back to the beginning of the pod. I'd want to get involved in politics, I think. Which I kind of consider doing anyway Beautiful. without being the financial freedom of get my winning vote. the lottery. But I don't know that I'm necessarily a good candidate because I end up being a little shy, which seems funny. But I wouldn't mind being involved and in being an activist, which I'm considering in my near future. Not, not great at getting out there and pressing the flesh, as they say. I'm just, you know, like... Uh, uh, throwback to talking about Dan. Dan can talk to anyone about any topic. He's just is really good at that and yeah. can find a connection or three with whoever he meets and talk until they're tired. I'm not necessarily good at that. I, I hit a wall or just sometimes I'm just not interested yeah. in expressing myself that way, which you can't be a successful big-time political candidate without being that way, in my opinion at least. I would say. Su- I don't know what I'm talking about. Before, let me preface. Yeah, right. you rarely do. Twenty-seven <laughs> episodes have proven that. That's true. <laughs> but but you're sure of what you're saying. But I would. My thinking about politics, and this is really about anything in general. Like even if you look any any time you have a system of a certain size, you need all the types. Like you need the the full range of personalities. Because really the full range of personalities is just the outward expression of people who think about things differently, right? And approach them differently. Right. And it takes that full blend to, to make a large system work, which is really all politics is. Oh, yeah. But the, just to put a cap on like the, the freedom equaling focus idea, I think... Uh, I th- think that if everybody gets to a, a point where I can get past the, the petty issues, like that's the personal responsibility aspect of I've got my stuff together, now I can focus on what I really need to focus on. Something like falling asleep during your meditation. It's like, well, there's probably some other things going on here. Well, well I probably shouldn't have started to try to meditate when we have, like, a, a newborn child. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, there's not, not late things. in the afternoon or evening either. Yeah, but I can't, but I will say, though, like, if I do that and just got some guided meditation, five minutes, even if I do start to doze off, once the five minutes goes off and, the, you know, the voice says, you yeah, know, go ahead and open your eyes and, you know, be in the moment for a second, I generally tend to sleep better. Yeah. Than, I, than I would have otherwise. Like, I've turned my mind off. And so even if I'm not getting this, like, super cognitive benefit, like, it's helping me put me to sleep. So, I don't know, maybe there's some benefit to it. Who knows? I think there's a benefit to just... There's definitely a benefit. It's probably like... like it seemed like a detraction, at least. Yeah, it's no. kind of like... Uh, yeah, I mean, th- this is not probably not a good measuring stick for meditating in the same way that I wouldn't go get a physical right now because they'd be like... Any big life changes happen in the last oh, yeah. year? Uh, yeah, let me. Wh- where do you want to start? But yeah, a lot of stressful changes. Speaking of stressful, let's. Uh, what about this event? What was the hardest? P- for and you're not going to brag on yourself, so I'll brag on you a little bit. Do it. The the dusty that I know from how long have we known each other? 
Got to be been about nine years now. Yeah, almost ten years. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. Almost a, as we, you know, now be, it's cool when you can say it's. It's been almost a decade. <sighs> we'll be able to say that in 2020. I can't wait till we can say it's been a score. It's been my <laughs> favorite year measurement. <laughs> Often forgotten, like the two dollar bill. Um, I thought you, that was just the way you started presidential speeches. <laughs> it, it is yeah. only one. Um. Which was actually what you know, that their Juneteenth was a couple days ago. Yep. So, but anyway, what I was gonna say is like, you've come a long way as a human being, and I'm super proud to be your friend. Thanks. Um, you've had. Some, I can attest to this too. Yeah. You. Not that you haven't always been a good dude. You've always been a good dude. You may have lost your way a couple times, and had some dumpy things happen in your life that some were not your fault, some were your fault, but. You're, you've become a great man, a great husband, a great father, and, uh, you know, I've, I've helped put some, you know, put money together trying to raise money for Quint's foundation, uh, but that one is, it kind of has some legs, and yeah, it doesn't need as much. Yeah, it's got a lot much, of backing with Duke like, Hospital, and every, yeah, yeah, it's huge. This was like a grassroots thing. You had an idea, you wanted to raise money. It's year for, one. It's year one, and... It was perfect because I was on paternity leave and I had a ton of extra time, you know, uh, in between like feedings and stuff. And so I really wanted to throw my support behind you on this uh, because I think you're doing a good thing. Um, I can't even imagine like this is a hard thing with all like the logistics and I've never had and I'm going to get to my question, but I wanted to give you, you know, (laughs) puff you up a little bit because you're doing a good thing, man. Um, But like it's super hard to ask people for money. Like it's easy to ask but it's very hard to move that into action. Yeah, there's a lot of follow. There's a lot. It's a lot to make people follow through with your request. And I don't think that it's because people don't want to. I think generally people want to get, but people get asked a lot, and there's a lot. And why is this one important? Why do you care about this one? And not to mention, it's just like if it was just as easy as you know, I'm a Santa on the side of the road ringing a bell, here and there, boom, here's some change. But when it's online, it's like, oh, yeah, I'll click on the link. Oh, now I got to click on the donate button. Oh, and then I got to fill out my information. And, and it's Oh, I just so- got an email. Let me look at that real quick. Yeah, right. And in this age of distraction, right? So anyway, all that to say, like, that's, I've discovered, like, just that part of it. Just being ancillary to you, help, you know, where I can. Raising money is very hard. Yes. Yeah. Like, from, yeah. from my experience with the... So it's not even my event. It's the Gail Parkins Memorial Ovarian Cancer Run Walk that uh, my family got involved with 10 years ago after my mom's diagnosis. Uh, we've been, participated every year, but we would have my mom would have a team. And I think at our peak, just before she passed, our team was like 80 people. And we raised like $19,000 or something, which was the third highest grossing of that year. And the reason we were, so lo- we were third is because somebody else is connected with Hendrix Auto. Mm. And they come in and write a check that morning to yeah. make sure they win every year, which is, I mean, it's money is money. It's like money, right. who's no, complaining, right? No one's but complaining. Uh, you can't it, beat a loaded you, hand. You, uh, it, you, each person similar to this would create their own page and say, "I'm going to run. Please donate. Either donate to join the team to come run or walk. Donate to the team if you can't join us or both, or donate to my page specifically, which counts towards the team, but it looks good. It's like a feather in my cap and. Uh, you know, it would. I would just make a Facebook invitation group, and I would post weekly, basically. And then I would, if I did get a donation, 
I wouldn't, I'd never say the amount. I would just say thanks for your generous donation on the Facebook page so that everyone would see that, okay, so-and-so donated. Things are moving. May, maybe, I, you know, I, should, I know them. Like, they, they're my friend. I should donate too. And, but it's, it's tough. But, but then it kind of, like, it get, you get on a roll. And it's yeah. fun uh, when, when you start seeing that. And it, it can't help but feel like it's love directly poured on you. But it is difficult to continue to ask because you don't want to, like, you want to ask once, but you don't want to ask the next yeah, day. Yeah, a lot of times. You yeah. want to wait. But, you, yeah. like, you just, you don't want to, you don't want to hound people because then they're going to get angry. But Yeah, so, I found yeah. my experience is that there's kind of two things at play here. The first thing that I think is critical is something my dad told me about, like, you know, if you're going to go into sales, you have to sell yourself first. Yeah. Like, if you don't believe in what you're doing, like, nobody else is going to believe in it. So, obviously, for me, like, the reason I didn't ever raise much money for anything prior to, to this is, like, I didn't, I wasn't personally, like, a believer in that sort of thing. And, like, even... Like, if you, like, I think if you backed me into a corner and you said, what's the best way to improve society in America? I don't think it's charity. I don't think it's a, a more socialist structure. And that's probably something to get into on a more political podcast. But I think, like, you look at Bill Gates, right? He did more to raise the quality of living in this country with Microsoft than the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation will ever do. Like, a lot of what is really good at improving the lives of others is what we do by investing our money wisely and like believing that growth is something that's possible. And so I, I think society already does like a really good job of this. When it comes to charity, like you gotta believe that the, the thing needs attention. And so obviously I've you guys heard my, my story this morning as to why I think that uh, cancer research and like my personal experience tells me that it, it really does save lives and it really does work. So I believe in it. So that's number one. But then the two things that you find working against you is uh, a little bit of what you're talking about, like that weirdness of right. trying to convince somebody to give your thing money because there's a lot of good causes there's a out lot there. Of things. Tons of things. Tons of things. And so then I think what most people aren't willing to do for something that they don't they don't really see that much uplift in their life. They don't put as much commitment into the thing as they should. Like you know, maybe making making a video about it that is good versus, well, I'll just take, I'll take five minutes, I'll do like a quick like selfie video on One my take, phone, right. like, hey guys, uh, great thing here, come on out, like, versus... It's a good thing Tommy stepped away for that one. <laughs> that does sound like shots. Look, all this stuff is good stuff, right? So this is where it gets tough. Because all the efforts are good efforts because they have a good cause and a good outcome. But you still need to approach it with the kind of professionalism that we expect out of like capitalistic ventures, even though it's a nonprofit venture. 
And so that was the one thing that like I focused a lot on this event is like, look, the website needs to look professional. Like when I put a video, I'm going to take the time to like edit it and put a logo in there. And I'm actually going to write the script out for what I'm going to say. Right. right like, yeah. And then I don't feel bad because let me let me dial it all the way down to this simple nugget. Let's steal the, the serenity prayer. You know, was it God give me the courage to accept the things I can't, or the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. My experience is that you don't get the serenity about what you're doing until you have had the courage and the thoughtfulness to do everything you can on your end. And then when it's like, can I ask this person and feel okay about it? You totally can. And it's easier for me because I'm so connected. Like, I had the disease. Yeah. It's not, right. it's not tough for me to look someone in the eye and say, this makes a difference. Yeah. I know it does. It's e- extremely personal for you. Right. right. And so a lot of that is, is the two sides of my brain working there. Two-sided brain thing, right? Yeah. Like, I need that unartistic side to approach this project like it's anything else. And I need that more artistic, empathetic side to connect with somebody and in the way. And most people will just use one or the other, right? It's like, yeah, you know, just like, let's, let's create the schedule. It's a volume game. That's the bucket on the corner, right? Salvation Army has been playing this game for yeah. years. Like, I don't really even know what the Salvation Army does anymore. Yeah, I but know. like, hey, that bucket's there. That bucket's everywhere. Those stores are everywhere. They're just running it with, what, the left side of the brain is the, the business side? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, they're just left side braining it, running the volume, crunching the numbers, and I'm sure that the output is good, but that's what it is now. Whereas a lot of us, we get connected to something, and we right side brain like, hey, this really, really, really matters to me. There's emotion to it. Yeah, and the truth is, like, you need to maximize both those things in order to, with a clean conscience, say, hey, this is good. It is worth your effort. And that takes a lot of personal self-discovery to feel that bonded to the thing that you're working on. And I think if you haven't done that, then you will always feel awkward because you feel like you're kind of, you're kind of either pushing somebody into giving yeah. or you're, maybe, you're, maybe you're kind of tricking yourself into thinking it's a good cause. I mean... That's kind of a cop-out answer because it's kind of my answer to everything. Like, if you, if you do the, the due diligence and you've cared enough to think it all the way through, then your actions will always feel in tune because they are. You believe in them. But I think that's what's made it easiest for me to really put myself behind this with you and with you in, in, uh, in your event is, like, but, but really specifically with you because we're He's the same age. He's talking to Dusty. We're the same age. Oh, yeah, sorry. Dusty. With you, Dusty. Forgot this is a tripod. <laughs> and with you, Quint. But really, again, with, with this, with, with, because we're, the, we're like the, we're the exact same age. We're, you're like 15 days older than me, something 17 yeah. days. And it, that, it was you being diagnosed with leukemia was the first time where one of my close friends could have died. Like literally was hours or days away from not being treated and dying. And it's like, that could, that could be me. That could be you. It could be any one of us. And it's like, geez, like if there is a way to help 
eventually cure this thing. Or in this case, it has, you I mean, the, the survival oh, rate's amazing. Good. Yeah. Right? It's like, this this deserves time. You know what I mean? Because that, it could be it could be anybody. It could, and, and, it, and it really hit close to home. It was like, geez, I'm like, you didn't ask for that. You didn't do anything to deserve that. It just happened. Yeah. Well, what I would say, like, that's kind of the purpose of life, though, right? And uh, since... Since you said such nice things about me, I did, uh, I, I, one, let me issue a small apology. I, as I forgot to thank the venue in, in my speech, I did have Tommy Cooksey down there. I had CrossFit. I had uh, Justin Ann from Indigo Hot Yoga. Uh-huh. Uh, I had Z3 Sciences. Didn't thank any of them. <laughs> <laughs> like our biggest, our biggest donor, Z3 Sciences. And then, fourthly, I had Tommy Cooksey. Who, hey, you got us the you got us the venue is your relationship and really you're the other team here, right? Yeah. There's my team. There's your team. Yeah, man. Could not have, it wouldn't have happened without yeah. you. Uh, Happy to do it. That that's kind of the thing though, right? Like that buy-in, the like building some community, and this is where I think the charitable approach is probably better than a capitalistic approach. A capitalistic approach, yeah, it has a massive uplift on society as a whole, but it leaves people feeling kind of cold and empty. And so even though life is better, you don't feel happier. So what does better even mean, right? Like, well, yeah, generally our people don't die as much. Like, we live yeah. longer, yeah, right? But is, is that best for life? But when you connect with people and you feel like you're giving something of yourself totally selflessly, for the good of others, now you're starting to feel better about what you're doing. You're building a community. You're connecting with someone over something that you know is just because it's good and no other reason. Yeah. I think we'll look back because, I mean, we're all going to be tired. Oh, exhausted. And, and you're right. I mean, look, this is year one. I This has a lot of potential, man, to, to do a lot of good. And, you know, me, Quentin and I were talking about this yesterday. It's like I'm looking forward to the hangs. Yeah. And you know, we'll all look we'll all look at this tomorrow. We'll be tired. But we'll say we did it. Well, and, and then when else are I mean, you Tommy has two kids. You have uh, Walter and I have two kids. When are we going to spend are we going to spend 24 hours together no, the rest of this year? Absolutely Total? not. Yeah. Absolutely not. And I mean like I, Tommy and I are arguably best friends, and, and de- I'd we, argue we, with that. <laughs> <laughs> we, I love we, how Quint just makes himself so vulnerable in that moment. <laughs> and, and just like the a hole that I am, I'm like, we're not. We'll, arguably, I mean, we'll, I'd say we're best friends. I, Tommy, would you say yeah, we're? Yeah, <laughs> we are. We'll uh, we'll definitely spend 24 hours in communication over the next over the year, but. Uh, Spending time to that yeah, much time together—it's not going to happen. I mean, Dusty, like we, we chat, but not not nearly with much frequency. So, like, you're talking two hours is, a month. This might like this these 24 hours might be the most time Dusty and I have spent together in a couple of years. Well, you know what's funny is this podcast is part of the reason I thought like 24 hours, like screw it, let's do it. Yeah, is because the benefit Tommy and I see from like. Hey, nothing else is happening. We're just going to have a conversation with each other. The way our friendship has progressed just over these conversations, like the way we feel connected to each other, yep, massively changed. Similar, like, you go through something like this for 24 hours with, with people, you feel differently about each other. Yeah. Uh, John Ensign, one of, the, one of the rowers on my team, I played basketball with him in college, and uh, 
He's been a CrossFit coach. He's been a Marine, did tours in Afghanistan. Oh, wow. And, like, we're sitting here, and I'm, I'm trying to, like, do what I always do. It's so, like, I'll throw enough words at it, and I'll get the right point out there. And he just goes, it's common suffering. Yeah. I was yeah. like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He's like, yeah. yeah, you put people through common suffering together, and they'll be bonded for life. That's yeah. right. Yeah, man, you get it. You get it. Yeah. Well, I think it would be really hard for us to do this this year and this come around next year, and us all not to say... Nah. Yeah, it'd be hard to say, nah, I'm not interested. And the goal is, hey, now there's, then there's more people. Like, you saw, you've seen social media. You saw we did some good. Now you want to be part of the good. Like, it's really a good thing, man. It is. And, Mm -hmm. Quinn, I will say, having uh, Whitney Galen out here, for those who don't know, Whitney Galen is a three-time... Galen. Galen? Yeah. Galen. I don't want to offend her. No, thank you. Thank in you case she that. listens when she's in Asia. As, as somebody whose last name has been butchered for my entire no, life. Hey, you're speaking to the choir. Here. <laughs> yeah, how many people screw up Cooksey? Cooksey. People throw an L in there. No, I don't right. know. Where? An L and a K. Cooksley or Cooksky? Uh, <laughs> I was hoping you were going like, to say Cooksey. I'm like, I'm not, not, a, I'm not a Sesame Street guy. character and I'm not Polish. So stop with no, the Cooksey. Uh, so having Whitney Galen. Yeah. Thank you. Having Whitney here was awesome. So she is a three-time CrossFit Games athlete. And for those who aren't connected to CrossFit that much, I don't know. How tough would you say it is to be a CrossFit Games athlete? Are we talking like Olympic, Olympian uh, difficulty? Similar and special. Yeah, the amount of training and dedication it takes. I'd say it's similar. What is there? There's so that it's probably slimmer. We're talking about people who do CrossFit. This is like the point zero 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 one percent. Of CrossFitters. Yeah, yeah, like making an Olympic team in your field is probably similar to being a games athlete. It's Based a, on the amount of the same dedication. Na- same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. At least. So, the, you know, the, the way, and this, it's not this way anymore, but up until this point, it was worldwide 250 to 300,000 people that do the CrossFit Open. That gets whittled down to a number of people who do the regionals um, every year, and then that gets whittled down to what, like 40, 40, men, and 40, 40 women. men and 40 women. So, so three times in her life, she's been one of the 40 fittest women on earth by CrossFit standards, which is super impressive. So all that to say, she came out today. Yes, she yeah, she did. And uh, rode for an hour and a half, did 20,000 meters. Yeah. By herself. By herself. <laughs> and, yeah. and the music wasn't even on. No, it wasn't on, yeah. She's just in a, in, in a in zen. silence. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Looked fresh as a daisy. Yes. She, I, you know what I wanted to ask her? I didn't get a chance to talk to her about after. I was like, do you have any other workouts today? She probably has worked out already before Yeah, yeah I would say so. Yeah, that's incredible. She'd be interesting to have on the podcast Should be too, vi- huh? I don't think I haven't thought about it. <laughs> yeah. I would love to talk to her about like the whole thing. Like It's, it's such an investment of, of your focus, of your time, of your... Like, it's, it's, you're, you're a professional athlete. I mean, you oh, have definitely. what you eat, how you sleep. Yeah, everything you, you talked about JJ Reddick is the same with her. It is. Oh, it is. You can't just I, willy-nilly I, be like, oh, I'm going to eat McDonald's every day. And, and so, I'm the- yeah, she's a coach at 12 State CrossFit, which is the gym I attend. And, and I was, I'd was i see her, if not daily, weekly, and see her working out. See her, she'd coach, but she'd be working out two or three times prior to coaching and then maybe another two times after everyone's gone. Yeah. Or I would drive by the gym on Sundays when the gym is closed and her car is the only one in the parking lot. And you know she's in there grinding. Tom Brady-level commitment. Yeah, that's, and that's really what it is. Like seeing somebody, because most of us don't find anything in our lives to commit to like that. And having her show up just because like it's good. Right. And then like to talk... You know, she talked to both of us. I felt like pretty passionately 
about her belief about you know what row 24 could mean and could build into like if we were willing to like put the work and like yeah, the planning definitely. into it it was really encouraging to yeah. to hear somebody who like knows a thing or two about like what it takes to to achieve that was just cool and it made me feel really good about what this what today has been so Long way of saying, I'm glad. I'm glad you got her. Oh, yeah, I was really happy when when I, I actually I went to the gym this past Monday, and I was signing in, and uh, she was there before coaching. Uh, I think she was just doing some admin administrative work, and I was like, yeah, I get that row 24 coming up this Saturday because I had mentioned it to them before her and, and uh, the other one of the owners of the gym, and she's like, oh yeah. Uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, D- Dusty. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I need to email him back. I- I'll copy you on it. I'm like, perfect. Amazing. So she sends that email. I, I look at it, and, and uh, she doesn't even mention she-, she was in the game. She doesn't mention she rode a marathon. So I text Dusty on the side. I'm like, look, Whitney's way too humble to mention this, but she's been to the games three times. She was took second place in the marathon for the women and beat a handful of the men there. Like. This is not. She's just not some average Joe that's showing up. She's Dude, I was so glad athlete. you texted me that because I had watched. Uh, you know, when you know you're going to row for 24 hours, like you see that the games did a rowing marathon. I was just interested. I was like, okay, these people that are in that good a shape. How did it hit them? Yeah. Because a lot of them are rowing up, like close to four hours, which is about what each of us is going to do. Yeah. Uh, over not our the course, team, probably. Over the course of a <laughs> right. day. But. And I, I watched her, and it just, like, the name didn't stick in my head. But, like, I 100% once you mentioned that she took second, I, I knew exactly who it was. I was like, okay, that's – she's legit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what's what's uh, kind of crazy is a little tangent. Um, the other – the one of the gym owners, Cliff, it, he was going out there to be her coach during the games. I mean, she had a, a coach that did her programming, but he – also coached another athlete so she could have a coach and he was going to be there behind the scenes kind of help her keep her spirits up well when they announced the marathon row i think they announced it on like tuesday and the row was on wednesday he woke up wednesday morning at the crack of dawn like it's still dark outside goes to the gym by himself no music rows the marathon so that he could give have input for her when and then got on a plane flew to madison wisconsin to have input on like this is how you're going to feel this is the pace you should go for you know, this is what I, this is, this is the strategy. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. That's a love that. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Cliff's a little crazy. Well, well a, a good, good crazy, but no, in, in a good way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Look, if think about it from his perspective, right? It's like, uh, like, let's say you're, you're coaching at a high school and let's pick like, uh, let's say that, uh, Let's say that J.J. Redick, since we already mentioned him, like, comes through your high school and you're coaching that guy. Right. Like, yeah, it's not Michael Jordan, it's not LeBron James, but you have the opportunity. Like, if you're a coach, like, this is who you, like, you do your job. He's to, going to be the best basketball player that you coach. Yeah, to get a chance to coach this guy. You, if, if your life is a coach, you will remember the best person you coached for your entire life. You'll tell stories about him. Like that's that is a huge point of your profession and your personal life because you know coaching's kind of a calling. Nobody right. goes into coaching because they want to be a millionaire. You go into it because you love it, and if you happen to make some money, awesome, right? But yeah, if you become Nick Saban or yeah, exactly. Swinney, like, those, those yeah. guys are something else. Yeah, it's a different level. But yeah, if 
Like, what are the chances that Cliff coaches somebody else at that level? Like, I mean, it could happen for sure, but it's not likely. Right. Not likely. Uh, It's very unlikely. Like, to be crazy, that is crazy in a good way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that is a cool story. All right. You guys... uh, I think we're going to come up to road. You've skipped a couple. I was going to say... You guys want to uh, come back? put it on pause here? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Through the magic of the internet, yeah. we will time travel. <laughs> <laughs> See you in a few. Yeah, let's pause it. But it'll seem like nothing. How long has it been so far? They said like two hours out there. Oh, well, it's been probably longer than that. You think we're recording? No, no, I'm saying like We're recording. Long? We're back. Oh, oh we're, we're back? Excuse we're back. Let me you lean. can't just Joe Rogan us. <laughs> Sorry, let me lean right. in. And that's we're how live. We, that's how like he started that. the pod, you don't, if you recall. I know, and I said I was talking about testes. Look, there's no good way to begin things. Like, how did your life begin? Was there this nice warm-up, this nice roll-up to I don't, it? I don't really remember. Exactly. It <laughs> just was. We're, we are all in Medeas Ray. Fair enough. Unless you were going to say Medea. That's just going to end there. Yeah, <laughs> like Tyler Perry. We're all in Tyler Perry's daydream. How, sure. You oh, don't have man. a voice. I'm losing my voice. How's I, your voice? I feel pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you don't think my voice has taken on this, like, husky, sexy quality to it? No. If you're doing that for us, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. This is actually a fil- this is actually filtered. Does yeah. anybody remember where we left this thing off? No. No. Uh, but so, I will say my biggest... If I go back and redo the videos that we did in little clips, my biggest regret is not bringing chapstick. My lips are on fire right oh, now. Oh, yeah, I didn't bring any either. <laughs> and it's just the wind of the rower in your face. Well, man, uh, yeah. I know. always go to sleep. I always put it on before I go to sleep, so I guess I'm staying up all night. Riveting stuff, guys. <laughs> Riveting. Are those, like cr- are those crickets? <laughs> anyway. So uh, I don't remember where we left off. Well, we were we were talking about the difficulty of asking people to give to yeah. a charity. We covered a lot of different. A broad we did cover range. a lot of topics. Yeah. Here's what I wanted to come back to, and hopefully we can keep it within ten minutes, since our can. voices are going. Yeah. But Quint, I was curious after we were talking, and you're saying maybe a political career at some point, like if I'm. Fascinated by the makeup of somebody who chooses to go that route. Like, right. what? What is the draw? So it's it's uh, I like I like to start with the old saying. JFK once said, um, "Every woman grows up. Every woman wants their son to grow up and be president, but none of them want to. Nobody wants their son to become a politician." Uh. And so, like, there's there's that noble feeling of I I can make a difference. I have these ideas, or at least I have this vision of how things should work that would at least make. It would it would rise raise the tide at least you know uh, it, it may not make everybody's situation perfect uh, but it could improve it you know I recognize that some things can be improved and so it's like maybe I can affect that change or be a part of it or m- an idea that I have can can help make a difference for the community for the country the world whatever you know however scale whatever scale you want to use on that and so it's just kind of a it just feels like there's something that can be done and maybe maybe I can do it. Yeah, that's it. Well, that's always what fascinates me about it. Is like I don't think, like you don't go into being a politician because like entry level politics makes no money, right? No, no. Like yeah, it's a crap job. Yeah, yeah you're you're on, you're on a campaign and you probably you might get paid a, a little bit here and there, or or if not, you're volunteering and you're just trying to get recognitions. From what I understand, like people like people who are 
they're like college kids that are political science majors that are like, okay, there's a presidential campaign coming up. I'm going to go volunteer, essentially. And they have these huge jobs on campaigns. Yeah. And they're, all they're hoping is that there's, people will know who they are and that campaign will be successful. And at that point, maybe they'll get a staffer job or something or, you know, get, a, get on for the get a paid position for the next campaign. Well, it's just weird the way that, like, uh, noble intentions break down over time. Right. Yeah, the, the JFK quote, right? Like, no, they don't, nobody goes into politics because they're crooked. Yeah. Oh, well, I shouldn't say nobody, but. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of a single example. Um, I shouldn't say nobody. Uh, but, it, you know, like, I would guess the majority of, like, people who are career politicians, or at least have been in politics a long time, started it with an idealistic idealistic view of how it would shape up for them. Yeah. And then you get in and you kind of realize it's a little more quid pro quo and, and it's you, it's like, well, you know, I didn't want to have to do this, but maybe maybe doing it results in a more good than bad, right? Yeah. So you start playing that game of trade-offs like, well, who, all right, well, I'll take I'll take 70% good and give away 40% bad. And it's still a net 30% positive. Well, I do remember what we were talking about was coaching and how that's like a calling. I've got a neighbor who is a high school football coach. And, like, it's funny because I talk to him, and I don't know what my idea of a high school football coach is at this point in time. Yeah. But I talk to him, and I just, like, I'm always inspired by him. Like, he's a sharp, thoughtful guy. He cares for his, his kids, his guys, obviously. And yet when we were talking, he compared being a football coach, like a career coach, to being a politician. That the act of rising up through the ranks forces you to make compromises that changes who you are as a person so that you can't be the person you want to be at the highest level. So like your personal ambition is automatically at odds with your idea of yourself. Right. Yeah, I I think that's 100% right. I definitely you because you look at you know these college let's go with the college coaches that are are paying players and you can get into all kinds of arguments about why and and what whether the system's flawed with the NCAA et cetera but none of them got into coaching thinking I'm gonna cheat my way to the top yeah right? and again I shouldn't say nobody but like that they, it comes to the point where they're like all right I want to be successful being successful means I have a job means I'm feeding my family means I'm making a lot of money and I'm setting them up for the future. And well, maybe if I slip this, maybe this, this player's parents get a car, and then we win the conference tournament, It'll and, I get, be and I get it. a raise, like then nobody knows it right. about it, right? Like, you know, it's it's easy to understand how that thinking can get in your head, and it's it's a. Uh, I always and the, the whole quote like nice guys finish last, yeah. you know. So the people who aren't doing it are the ones that are losing their jobs or not advancing at least i always wonder too with uh <clears throat> with politics we talked about this a lot is this and maybe it's not that new but it's pretty it seems more dis- divisive recently but identity politics and like you have to believe everything that you use so you, you know you're i'm running as a democrat you have to believe everything a democrat believes or you can't even get to a point where you can win that office right or Republican same thing and it's like yeah, look, look at Justin Amash the Republican congressman from Minnesota uh, Michigan yeah he's, he spoke he's out against only, Donald Trump he's the only one that said right? you know I read the Mueller report and I think Trump should be impeached and 
Like he's in all kinds of hot water. He's like blackballed now because he's the an only opinion. one, only one that yeah. came out and said I read it and this is what I, this is what I took from it, and I think he should be impeached. And that that's not the party line. And now he's going to get primaried and probably lose. To me, that would be the hardest part about going into politics is you, you can't be an individual anymore. You can't. Right. You can't. I mean, you can. You're not going to be at, in office at very this long. day and at age. This, you can't. At this point, well, you have that to that believe point. what the party believes. And vote the way the party votes, or at least willing to to talk, have the talking points. Maybe not believe it, but you've got to right, speak right, those right, points. Right, 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 So, yeah, signing up for the suite of ideas is tough. Yeah, a hundred percent, definitely. Like, let's see if we can pull this all the way back around. I'm in. I think when we talk about right brain, left brain, like uh, the artistic side wants to express yourself as an individual. The other side of your brain is making choices because that's best for your ambition and your rise. So that's a little bit of that contrast we were talking about, like what you feel like you need to do in order to push people into donating and raising money for a charity and how that's automatically at odds with what you feel the charity is supposed to be about, which is I'm personally connected to this cause. Mm Right. Right. Like those two things are at war. The same way, like, you know, my do I wear the same suit every single day because that helps me achieve this side of my brain's ideas, or do I need to express myself because that feeds another aspect of me? Mm-hmm. I think anything where the larger organization is preying upon that one side of your brain's ambition is in dangerous water. Like you see that with corporations trying to emphasize expressing individuality, that like we are greater as a whole when everybody else is different. And I think that's what we get upset about when we talk about the process of rising to your heights, whether it's, you know, coaching, politics, but you see it in all sorts of organizations. Like we don't like it when individuality gets hammered out. Because it, it serves a purpose. It serves a function. <sighs> I don't think I can bring it all the way back around to row 24. I was close. You're close. Yeah. <laughs> it, you were. We, I was I, trying, to, why don't we, trying to get it there. Into why the don't we just jump back on at like 3 a.m.? We can find this answer. <laughs> we have, we're going to go on four and a half more hours to think about it. Mm. How are you guys feeling halfway through? Good. I, I feel good. Good. A little sleepy. Yeah. A little sleepy. I'm not going to lie. I'm, You're a night owl, though. I, yeah, yeah. So I I am capable of staying up late. I, the only reason I don't these days is I have two children, so they wake up at 7 a.m. regardless of the time I go to sleep. Um, but so I'm feeling good now, and I know I will for a while. And I, honestly... If I had to, I'd make it the whole time. Yeah, I think I could too. But if I had to, I know tomorrow, I've used up a lot of husband capital today. Yeah. Um, and so I'm gonna need to be uh, coherent. I'm gonna need to be dad for a significant period of time tomorrow, where my wife can have some time to herself if sure. she, it, when and if she wants it. So I need to play that game and know that I need to get some rest so that I can function. What do? Uh, what's your sleeping arrangement? I have a uh, with me. Nice. <laughs> On Single a, air mattress. A twin air who's mattress. Who's the top? Who's the bottom? We're going to trade. Oh, nice. We're more, we're, more, we're, more, we're like Twix, right and left. 
<laughs> I <Yeah>. love it. <laughs> no, I have a, I have my own uh, single air mattress with a, some sheets and a blanket uh, and a, a pillow and a pillow for my shoulder. So, yeah. I have uh, an air mattress and a nice uh, Ghostbuster sheet that I'll be busting out. Beautiful. It still smells. It still smells like my like your youth. It does. It smells like my parents' house. And nice. so I, when I, and I'll pull it out for like naps and stuff. And Annie will say, "Why are you using that sheet?" I'm like, I don't know. Has it been washed since then? Washed. <laughs> what, what, what is what is this wash? Wash. Uh, uh, let me, let me pronounce you? it in Maryland. Well, I'm washed. I think I'm gonna blow up an air mattress. Try yeah. to make it legit. Uh, sleep. But I did. Let's go ahead and end on this because it's not totally appropriate. I don't think there's that much to say after it. Uh, a favorite saying from when we had to bunk up in basketball as like two guys in a bed was you can sleep pull to pull or hold a hole but not pull to hole <laughs> <laughs> alright guys everybody thanks for listening maybe Where's we'll have more by? maybe we won't but uh we'll just we need to write that down so when we come back we know where we're starting off yeah <laughs> oh yeah I think Mark Twain said it <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Samuel Clements. Samuel Clements. It was one of those two. It, it wasn't was, under his pseudonym. Yeah, no, he, he put that on his real name. <laughs> I got to be known for something. <laughs> All right. Thanks All right. for listening, guys. Yeah. Love you. Bye.